Welcome to the Kaibass Nation. Kayak Bass Nation is presented by Dugout Bait and Tackle. Go to dugoutfishing.com to find everything you need for your next kayak bass fishing tournament. Hope you enjoy the show. Jeff Malat, Lunch Money Lambert, Also sponsored by Revo Sunglasses. Go to Revo.com, use code KBN25 to save 25% off your next order. Revo, best lenses on earth. Also sponsored by Western Sun Vodka. Go to westernsundistillery.com and use the bottle finder to find a bottle near you. All right, what's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Welcome to KBN Live. Brian, I was blown away by, I hit the go live button, and the audience that was already waiting in the YouTube you can be on there early, just kind of waiting for it to start. Was uh, the biggest we've ever had on YouTube, period. Much less for when we actually went live. <laughs> well, literally uh, a couple dozen people over there just chilling, waiting for us to go live. We got a lot to unpack on this one. Yeah. So, welcome if you're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you're at. Uh, help us out and share this. It's going to be a good show tonight. If I sound rough, it's because I'm fighting off like the zebra variant of whatever's out there in the community right now but we're here for y'all tonight regardless buddy we are we are here for sure yeah uh, as you guys saw we're doing the our rules discussion we got two in the best of the game that have been around a while uh, jay wallen and jordan marshall are with us to, to share their opinions we're going to get y'all's opinions from the comments we got a ton of interaction on the post on the group page with a bunch of questions and, and opinions in there um, but before we get to all that we just kind of want to say Welcome, and then go over what went down over the weekend and over the week before we get into this rules discussion. And it all kind of ties together because even what happened this weekend brought up some of the once again. I was going to say I don't know where we where we start the weekend wrap up and the rules coverage because I think yeah. that had just as much uh, rules questionability uh, in it. W- was there anything that happened on the actual weekend? We won't touch on last week's event because I want. Definitely want Jay and Marshall to weigh in on <laughs> on last week's event as well. Uh, was there anything else? Uh, go ahead and get this out of the way. Congrats to Russ for winning every consecutive or concurrent tournament that ran uh, last week. And congrats to Cody Milton for winning KBF Angler of the Year again this year. Yeah, and I would even throw in that he won the River Bassin Championship, even though that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, well, we'll get into we'll that. have that on them big jobs. <laughs> Yeah, and frankly, we're talking about these rules, um, and a lot of this is going to – it's not really talking about individual anglers, so don't think we're throwing shade and or calling anglers cheaters when we're talking about these rules, uh, even though some of that may have happened over the years. We're talking about the rules themselves. Now, whether anglers push these rules into the gray areas or, or to the limits, whatever, we're talking about how we're going to clean up these rules and tighten them up, uh, give your opinion on that. But, but, yeah, over the weekend, man, obviously, like you said, congrats to those guys that, that fished over on – Kentucky Lake. And then uh, also there were some state championships that went down. Uh, Missouri had their state championship. I think there was a couple others that I saw out there. Our, our, our boy Kyle Long almost pulled off the out-of-state championship. He uh-uh. third, he no, he didn't. Third over there in the Missouri state championship. Well, good but, job, Kyle. Yeah, I thought he was going to pull it off. Um, but, yeah, good stuff there. If anybody else had a state championship or anything like that go down over the weekend, throw in the comments for us. We'll know about that, too, and give you a shout-out. But – yeah, I don't know uh, how much else you want to talk about. I think this is going to be a lengthy show. 
you know, we can give our sponsors a shout out. And get these. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that before we get, get, get to talk <laughs> too deep get into to, this. Get to talking, man. Um, of course, dugout bait and tackle, uh, dugoutfishing.com. We appreciate all they do for us and all they do for kayak fishing in the southeast and really nationwide. They've got team members now, almost it seems like spreading out throughout the, throughout the country, uh, spreading the good word. So we appreciate dugout fishing. Uh, Western Sud Vodka, what you got on deck? Is that strawberry on deck, right? It's kind of glitter. That is strawberry. I'm trying to – I have been kind of on a, a bit of a hiatus the past few weeks, so I've actually had this bottle of strawberry since Dardanelle. So there you go. look at me pace myself. Uh, and then Revo sunglasses, of course. I think we're going to have a Revo giveaway next week for Halloween. We've got a Halloween show coming up next week. Jacob Mott is the Alabama state champion uh, from Luke Turner. There we go. Uh, Ryan Van Tine said Nate Hall cleaned house with the Keystone Kayak Bass Series championship. Keystone. <laughs> Take 30 stones to go, please. Out of boy. Uh, we got Armando in there. He said, screw Monday Night Football. He's here for the drama. Appreciate you, Armando. <laughs> My man. Uh, we got Josh in there. Ryan, Steve Fields. He called himself the Hobie Janitor. No way, he Steve is. Fields. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's potentially his role, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Josh brought up a funny question. Who is uh, the KBF Rookie of the Year? Do we know who that is confirmed by now? I, I don't. I don't. I, I'm not clear on that. I heard there was some kind of confusion or potential confusion on stage when he was announced. But Yeah, somebody made a post saying last name was Anguilus. Anguilus? If that is truly the person, congrats to you. Congrats to you. Congrats to you, but I'm not sure. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to get into these rules. Let me change the screen around. Let's get these guys in here, and we're going to jump right into it. Jay Wall and Jordan Marshall, welcome. Howdy. Howdy. What's up? This is going to be a lively discussion. we got a huge crowd. Jake Angulas, Justin Rittenauer said. Congrats to Jake. Well done, Jake. I think he's a Northeast guy. Could yep. be mistaken, but if he is, congrats. Um, but, yeah, we're going to get into this. we got a bunch of, of rules we want to discuss. We want to hear your opinions in the comments about these and, and your suggestions. But what do you all think, guys? Okay, Jordan, I know this is a hot-button topic for the last few weeks. It's going to get a little spicy tonight. What do you think? I'd hate to think it wouldn't at this point. Yeah. Uh, where do you want to start? Uh, do you want to start with um, fishing way up creeks potentially being illegal or fishing way up creeks potentially being illegal? Well, first, let's talk about the ruling today. <laughs> the bass, that just happened to coincide with us having our show today. They released the ruling on the, the uh, AOI and the Pickwick tournament itself. Uh, with Drew and, and his DQ slash protest and not DQ'd anymore. We can talk about that first, and that'll kind of segue into the actual rules and, and the rule sets. What do you think about that, Ryan? Deal. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, I, do, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I was expecting. I know I had seen some of the evidence that was presented. I know, you know, kind of the distance that, that was being fished off of the creek in the creek. Um. I, from what I've heard from, uh, you know, someone that was involved in the bass process here, I, I, I don't know that there was anyone from bass that went and investigated this. And that's to me, like, I don't care what their finding is. Like if Drew was able to get from wherever he launched to the lake on his own, that's great. That's awesome. We all know Drew is very experienced, you know, a paddler in moving water, traversing things, whatnot. That's awesome. I just, I think you have to have an independent third party. I don't think you should go based off of the protesters' words or videos, and, and you shouldn't go off the defendant's words or videos. I've watched enough Law & Order to know the defendant is not the person that investigates their own 
trial. Like that's not, that's not how that shit works. Like you have to have a third party independent person. To me, that was kind of the, the, the biggest ball drop, if you will, ball, ball drop. Yeah, that was, that was it. Drop their balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go around the, around the horn there. Jay, what do you think? Well, I mean, you know, from what I read, it sounds like he was fishing in what was legal water. Um, and that's cool. That's fine. You know, kudos to him. We all know Drew fishes his style. Uh, and he, he made the rules work for him and he stayed in legal water. And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, congratulations to him. Um, I think what it's going to force the, the hand is just because it was a, an issue, obviously, um, or people protested it and it became a, a thing. Um, I think Drew even acknowledged in his, uh, video that, that there's some gray area, you know, there's some there's some wording, there's some things that need clarified. And, you know, it could come down to these tournament directors having to look at uh, where their boundaries are, where their launch locations are, tighten it up or clarify, make things so that there's not a question. You know, people, pe- people shouldn't have a question about what's legal and what's not. You know, let's make it clear. And that way, when you throw your money down, we're all under the same assumptions and, and we roll the ball out and let's go. Um, that, that's all. That's all I really think about Drew's situation. Jordan, you got anything to say about that? So kind of Jay hit one of my points is as long as everybody knows exactly what is clear, black and white, no gray area. Um, that That's my biggest thing. And, you know, I've, I've talked to a bunch of, you know, kind of river guys that, you know, get, get into this and, you know, we can get into that with the rules later. Cause I, I got messages on messages when I was going on here to make sure I got, you know, you know, kind of the points of some of the guys that I'm friends with. But um, even after the event, there was another angler that wasn't even drew that posted a video um, of the recap from Pickwick. And, you know, in, in another group text, guys were like, man, why, why would somebody post a video like that? That, that doesn't seem legal to me. You know, I wouldn't post a video like that. And there's so much gray area that some people were posting videos showing off and other guys are going, how in the world are they posting that and getting away with it? So there's such a wide, vast interpretation of the rules we have, whether, you know, whether it's, you know, there's a set, you know, list of boundaries and we have a map and go through every creek and, you know, put a boundary at, you know, such and such bridge and such and such power line, everything else. I mean, it, there's got to be something where there can't be different interpretations of the rules that we have. And that's basically, you know, what it boils down to, you know, there's no matter where you go and play football, the rules are always the same, you know, there's sidelines and end zones and we got to figure out what our sidelines and end zones are, except it's every lake and place that we go to in the country, whether we can wade everywhere we go. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't care. We just have to figure out, something that we can all the vast, vast, vast majority of us agree upon. Because right now you could ask a hundred of us fishing a tournament and you'll probably get 80 different answers. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you my two cents on it. And I talked to one of the folks that was actually at the appeals meeting or whatever you want to call it, the appeals committee. Um, I'm not going to mention the name here just because he kind of wants to be out of it at this point, but he said that basically 
this is a person that protested. They invited one of the people that protested the the violation <clears throat> to the appeals process. So the protester could make a statement. Apparently, Drew could. Then Bass could make their case, and then the rule the uh, appeals committee takes that, makes their decision. And per the protester, he said if he was on the appeals committee based on the case that they were given, he would have let it slide. And yeah, that's from the protester. From what I understand from the committee member, it was pretty much here's, let's say, six pictures and videos from the protester. Drew went and basically rebuttaled with six pictures and videos in those exact question spots. And that was it. There still wasn't there. I mean, nobody ran from the, from the lake to the launch, which was the entire question in the first place. Right. Like that's the part that that confuses me. And, and to touch on the point you brought up, Marshall, about how we kind of have to make uniform rules. The video that was posted that you were referring to in Hobie, that would have been a DQ period. Like you left your kayak, you touched the obstruction, done DQ gone. Well, bass, <laughs> in their leaving the boat portion of their rules, they still view it as their bass boat rules, where if 50% of your body isn't out of the kayak, you haven't left the kayak, you can do a lot of shit. You can get on dry land and drag your kayak around with one foot in it for that matter. I mean, that's a terrible, terrible viewpoint on that ruling. So I think a lot of stuff needs to be cleaned up. And I would love to see bass and hobie get on the same page where there's not this disconnect and confusion and everybody knows what's going on every big tournament that you fish yeah and i'm the main thing i read in the rule is accessible from the main lake yeah and i don't care who you are on tournament day there's not one of us that is accessing a piece of any section of water 15 miles from the main lake Right from the main the, lake, the, you you're don't not, have the not, time to do. You're it. not going that far from the main lake, so even if it's physically, like if you could, if you could physically make it that far, from a sheer time perspective, you can't access that in a kayak from the main lake from a time perspective. So I don't know if they took that into consideration or not. Uh, but if you drive up there and drop in and float down, then obviously yes, you can make it. Or if you have someone else drive you up there, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll be curious to see, just like some of the other things that have happened in the quote gray area what this does for rules going forward but anyway uh that kind of leads us to the next thing which is let's get into some of these hot button issues uh, I, i've got a, a list of the main ones that we seem to talk about on all the threads on the social medias and if we miss anything guys throw yeah. it in the comments we want this to be you know as interactive as possible i'm not saying yeah. we'll be able to read every one of them but we'll keep keep an eyeball out yeah and this one is this leads right into what we just talked about with with this bass situation and with what happened at the kbf natty to be honest and that is Boundaries. How are we going to define boundaries? Do they need to define better boundaries? Are we talking designated launches? Let's get into that talk. I'm right. actually interested to see how this designated launches program works at TOC. Um, that was one of the first things that we all kind of talked about, or at least, you know, kind of the people I talked with. And um, some people are for it. Some people are heavily, heavily against it. Um, as you guys know, you know, I, I'm not throwing my kayak off a bridge as, you know, some people have done. I don't have a winch in my truck to get my kayak in and out of places that, you know, probably shouldn't, you know, should or shouldn't be. And that's a whole nother conversation. You know, uh, some of the guys that, you know, like using light kayaks will literally just throw it off a bridge, throw it off a cliff and figure out a way to winch it back up the hill later. Um, you know, I, I've, you know, it's no secret, you know, I've put in at places on Pickwick, you know, 
that that place is obviously not a secret because there were 15 freaking people there at the Bassmaster event, um, and I was not expecting that. But you know, I, I drug through. Um, you know, when I was on stage, I talked about dragging through that cornfield to get there. Um, now, when I tried to do that this this past time, I actually did my research, got there a little early, made sure I could still do it because the lake was down and I couldn't because there was a beaver dam there. So, like a responsible kayak angler. Um, and that, that's what it boils down to is angler responsibility, no matter how, how you want to cut this. I dug out the beaver dam. Now it's accessible. <laughs> I burnt it. Yeah. Burnt it to the ground. <laughs> that's, that's one of the few, that's one of the few statements I've ever agreed, um, with, with, with KPF about is angler responsibility. They use that in a whole different context than I do. Um, and I don't know if they say that anymore because I think that's kind of a, uh, an they don't have to be responsible anymore. Whatever it is now. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I, I took the responsibility upon myself to go and check to see if I could get there. I couldn't. So I put in with everybody else and, you know, people with, you know, boats with rigged up motors faster than I could, you know, different conversation for another day. I mean, beat me there straight <laughs> so up. So Marshall got smoked by Guillermo in a new canoe. Let's go ahead and put it out there. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I don't remember which one he uh the I don't remember which one he had. It has a fast name. I don't even remember which one had it was. a fast name. It's unlimited. Yeah. He unlimited himself on that ass, Marshall. He left you. I, I don't know what it was, but I when we had the same motor and we were both going down through there and I'm pedaling and newporting and he left me. Left me. And I was expecting to go back there. I fished behind him all day, day one, and, and clawed my way to whatever inches I had and felt, you know, fairly confident I was just gonna beat him there because I had no motor on day one, had a motor on day two, and he still beat me. So good for him. You know, congrats, G. Um, but it, at the end of the day, you know, it, it comes down to angler responsibility. Well, a lot of people in the comments are saying this, which is, you know, we're talking about boundaries here. And they're, they're looking at some of the creeks that some of these folks have fished the last few events legally, right? As it's now been determined, they were, they were legal. That they're not even on that same body of water anymore. You know, the pick, the name is Pickwick oh, Lake. Sure. You know, the event is called Pickwick Lake or Kentucky Lake Barkley or whatever. They're not even on that body of water anymore. Does that need to be a consideration for the boundaries? What do you think, Jay? Absolutely. Um, you know, if you look at the Army Corps of Engineers or if you look at, uh, you know, Kentucky Fish and Wildlife, for example, uh, a lot of these bodies of water are defined and the Army Corps of Engineers uses the first riffle of any tributary. That's the boundary of that body of water in most cases. If you're talking about man-made reservoirs, um, that's typically the boundary that you would call that lake. Everything else would be whatever that tributary is, whether it's buffalo creek or whatever you know it's it's there are definitions of of boundaries when it comes to that so you got to address it it either either it's fair game or it's not um but that is something that i think you know it's worthy of discussion for sure uh todd patrick put this in you could prefish 87 miles from paris tennessee and the nc this this past week well so the duck river and and we can throw this graphic up in a minute uh, as a prime example. Uh, I mean, the Duck River runs for nearly 300 miles. Like it's it turns out, <laughs> it's uh, it's a pretty long little body of water, 284 miles. <laughs> so you could fish the entire Duck River. Well, you could fish the entire Duck River, but the Duck River comes with its own 
uh, little set of guidelines um, where private property, like under the river, the, the shoals themselves are private property. So if you leave your kayak and put your foot onto a shoal, unlike a 50% out rule, you're trespassing. And by law, published Tennessee.gov, you are trespassing. If you are to trespass, you to be legal, you have to have written permission from that property owner at every time you portage, basically. Uh, so th- I think that was a big issue that was brought up, you know, in in the national championship by anglers in in a kind of a uh, protest method, uh, you know, brought to the attention, which I don't think anything was was done with it at all. But uh, you know, a quote I had from an angler is, uh, you know, a lot of anglers felt like they got cheated on this because they're reading the laws and abiding by the laws and not everyone is. And, and that's kind of ignored. There were a lot of private launches where people were getting tickets and stuff from game wardens because they're not, they're not public access. Like I think when you open up that much water away from the main lake, you're just asking for gray area suspect shit to happen. Like you have to have the forethought to try to eliminate. And that's what these rules are, right? Like we're not trying to completely, you know, sure up and build a, a Fort Knox around a fishing tournament because you can't because people are involved. But what you are trying to do is cut out as many opportunities for gray area stuff as you can. And just like opening up that much water that's not on the lake, I mean, you're asking for something to happen. You really are. You know, there's another aspect to this too, that not necessarily boundaries or laws but you start looking at uh from from one of these large national tournament trails point of view they're going into these communities and they're trying to sell them on nights spent in a hotel that's the number one factor that plays into these communities and dollars and if these communities have any wherewithal to understand the game and they see that Gosh, your boundaries, like Kentucky Lake, and I know it's Kentucky Lake, it's huge, but if we're having a tournament in Calvert City and they see that the whole lake is open two, three hours south, that might, you know, that might hurt uh, some of the money that they're willing to put up for some of these events. Now, How many people do you think stayed in Henry County? Would you guess? You know, I don't know. I mean, there's 200 and what, 40-ish people there? I mean... I would say if Henry County got 60% of those hotel stays, that's probably pretty good. I don't, that may be high. You know, I'm sure people stayed all up and down uh, Kentucky and Barkley Lake, you know, cause they're going to fish on North Barkley. So why would they stay in Henry County? You know, you open up that much water and these communities might look at that a little differently. Um, so it's something that a lot of these entities I think should take into consideration um, so, not necessarily from a rules or legal point of view, but just from a, you know, business standpoint. Sure. Yeah. So what do y'all think the move is? Is it defined launches or are we taking a, a Corps of Engineers, like Jay said, take a Google map and just draw a you know circle around the lake and say launch within this deal? What do you think the move is? Me, I, don't, me I think you either have to do define, define launches from the main lake or if you find a TD that has a whole lot of free time, go around and mark, you know, boundaries on each, each feeder Creek. I think, um, you know, Lance, Lance Coley did a really good job of when I was talking to him about this, cause he, he's a big river guy. And I think a lot of people respect him from a river, river and kind of Creek fisherman aspect. Um, you know, he went through on Logan Martin 
and basically had um, he, he used what he called like a 30 foot rule or something like that. And basically he went up every single Creek and where basically measuring it when it got to 30 feet wide or narrower and basically found the next landmark, whether it was a bridge or power line or, or some sort of landmark and, and, you know, blocked it off or marked it off from there and had this giant map. It was really impressive. Honestly, the time he spent on it, Lance is, is an unbelievable kind of statistics and, and, you know, time, you know, spent ahead of a tournament and kind of things like that. Um, but he had this crazy map. I wish, um, I wish Lance could, could, uh, send, send me that or send y'all that so we could have that. But basically if, if it was wider than, um, 30 feet or something like that, you just kind of kept going up. And by the end of it, he had this giant, um, map of, of hard boundaries in, in every Creek. And, you know, you wouldn't really expect a tournament director to do that every single time. But, you know, once you had a catalog of all these maps, you know, you could basically use it for everywhere. That way, every time you went somewhere, like how many times have we went to Chickamauga in the last few years or, or you know, any of these like Gunnersville or whatever, you could literally just have this map where every time you went there after, you know, a year or so or two years, everybody knew what the launch was or the boundaries were for, for the event from there on out no matter what the water level was, you could basically go and, and know what it is ahead of time. Because I think when you get into specified launches, you know, I'm a guy that likes to find stuff that's kind of off the beaten path and, you know, thrown off, you know, dragged through cornfields and stuff like that. You know, that's, you know, that's a big reason why a lot of these guys, you know, me included get into, you know, kite fishing. I wanted to fish, you know, whatever, whatever pond over here by my house and whatever river. And I basically just, you know, drag down somewhere and throw it in. So, you know, you kind of have to respect those guys. Um, but I think that doesn't cut out the gray area part. Like, I don't think it's a problem. And I'm not saying that everyone doesn't use public access, but I think you're opening that can of worms. Like, how do you whittle out that part of where there's these rumors surrounding these tournaments where a guy launched way, way, way up a creek where there was zero public access at all and floated down to the first public access? How do you cut that out? Because you can't stop it from just saying, oh, well, you know, tell them, tell them to do better. Keep an eye on the riffle. I, like. I agree. And I'm, I'm totally down with the specified launches as long as you have a director that spends the time to get the public launches. Yeah. So I've actually spent uh, a little bit of time. Well, you know, I like Vinny fishing with QC. I actually went to their Lake Murray event just because I knew they did specified launches. And that really interests me. And, and going there and seeing what specified launches they had and looking at their map that they have for their club, you know, not, not everybody's Vinny, but I think if you, you know, have, would this get serious and you have people that can put in the time to do that, having specified launches for a whole thing that actually is a correct list of launches where, you know, it's, it's public. Every, everybody can agree it's public. Everybody knows where you can and where you can't launch from. And, you know, I think, you know, more people checking in and checking out on the tourney X will help that too, to be quite honest. That's another thing. Yeah, Matt Zappala, um, the, uh, I, I named him the KBNDA a week or two yeah, ago. He's, he's our legal actual, counsel. He's yeah. our legal counsel, unofficial, uh, Matt, but he posed a good question. He's like, when we're talking about these rules and boundaries, what's the point in the first place? And keep that in mind when creating the rules. And then he threw his, his point underneath that, which is the idea is there's no way to completely level the playing field a la Jordan get outrun by that other boat with a different motor or whatever. You can't level that kind of playing field, but when it comes to everybody is fishing the same 
environment, the same water, you can level that playing field. And I think yeah. that's the point of boundaries, right? And, and it doesn't have to be lake fishing. Like I, that's what a lot of the Creek guys complain about because apparently they don't know how to catch fish in still water. But if you get out on a lake, you can go like, let's say we do the designated launches. You can still run up your Creek. Like you can still run up your Creek. Do you hit a low head dam or whatever? However, the TD decides to structure that rule set. It's not that you can't go fish those creeks, but you're at minimum, at minimum, at least launching on the correct body of water. I think, uh, I feel like that's a small ask of people, really. I got, I got this in the DMs. Let me, let me know what you guys think of this. Let me show it on, throw it on the screen here. Um, resident expert Steve Owens sent me this map. If someone would do a boundary like this, not define launches, but let's say they drew a hard boundary around a lake and gave everybody this link. Would that suffice or, or make it better? I would feel a lot more comfortable with that than, you know, than, than the, than the lawlessness that is, you know, what KDF has turned into. I mean, that would right. make me feel a lot better with that than, than a lot of other places we go to. See, there's a lot of little creeks. So, and stuff so here's my question. Here's my question. If you do that, is, is there any verbiage regarding portaging or accessing the main lake? That's There's my another, question. That's one of our next categories we're going to get yep. into. <laughs> I, I I would say 100% something has to be done to – to uh, Casey reads in the comments. He said define launches, cleans up more gray areas. It does. Yeah, Casey, you had a fine finish at the, the Natty. Congrats to you, sir. Um, I don't know. I wish I wish our streaming software had the ability to do a poll. I'd like to know what everybody's thoughts were. You know, define what do you launches think, Jay versus, what would you What would you like to see? I, I personally think that – to compete on our level that we're trying to, to be, to make things, I don't want to use the word fair because that's not the right word. Level, I think, is is the more appropriate word. I, I think defined launches are probably going to have to come into play. Um, there might be a like a compromise where you can say, you can go as far up these creeks as you like. You can portage. If you know, I know a lot of guys say that, and feel that, uh, you know, getting out and dragging your kayak is part of the game and, and part of kayak fishing. I get that. Um, but at the same time, this is tournament fishing. Correct. You know, it's, it's, it's tournament fishing. It's not just kayak fishing. You know, this is tournament fishing um, at supposedly the highest levels. Um, but there could be a, a compromise where if you launch within these designated launches, Feel free to go on up that creek 20 miles. You know, if you want to burn the time to do it, that that's your prerogative to do that. So there yeah. could be a, a little mix of both, I, I think. Uh, ultimately, it's up to these tournament directors at these entities to decide how they want to uh, how they want to do it. But there there could be a there could be a compromise in there somewhere. I like that, Jake. If you start in the lake, at least at at least you have at least put your kayak in the named body of water at some point. Right. Yeah. So if you're launching in Pickwick and you go 10 miles up a Creek, well, you, at least you were in Pickwick to begin with. Right. You know what I mean? You started there. Um, and that kind of leads to our next category, which is this porging. That's a allowed in some trails, not allowed in others. <clears throat> what do we think there? Ryan? <laughs> um, I, I don't, I think, I think if you're portaging, let's say you're going down a Creek or something, there's a lay down or something that you're trying to get over 
or a shoal or something natural. I think that the areas where where portaging becomes questionable is like an impoundment or a beaver, you know, a beaver pond, something that's a different ecosystem than than that, you know, that body of water that you're fishing. To me, that's that's where that's where I see that you're going to have to have some kind of, you know, limit to the portaging, like something to address it almost. Um, this, this guy asked this question on YouTube and Facebook. So I want to answer it real quick and go on with the portaging. He was referring back to the deal with drew. Did the rules say, you know, it said accessible from the main lake. Did it say accessible from the main lake by kayak? And I don't think it did. And Matt Zapala on a different uh, conversation actually said these rules are way from an attorney's perspective. These rules are way, way, way too vague. That's oh, yeah, just another, sure. another case of that. So yeah, there you go. We answered your question, Kyle. But, uh, a lot of the people in the comments are talking about portaging. Uh, what do you think, Jay? I know you're not you're not uh, much of a river guy. You're not much of a river I'm, guy. I'm but... not. Well, I think in certain places it makes sense, like Susquehanna River, New River. Uh, some of these places, you it makes perfect, legit sense. So I think if you're going to have a river event on your schedule, okay, that's a river event. Fine. Correct. I got to go fish your river if I want to compete for AOI points. Okay, that's fine. Let's go portage. Uh, we're going to go fish Kentucky Lake. Okay. You're on my water now. Like that's my style. That's my stuff. Fish the lake with me. Right. <laughs> so that's my personal opinion is no. Um, but if it comes down to there's, I know it's split. We're all, we all have our beliefs and feelings on this, but if it comes down to, we need to compromise, maybe you allow it. If you're doing designated launches and you know, we, it, you know, Cut it down the middle. I don't know. Uh, personally, if it were left up to me, I'd just say no, no portaging, unless you're on a river or something where it obviously makes sense. Um, but I, I would be much more me. okay with portaging if you had designated launches where people could basically, as long as you start out where you're starting out and it's, you know, seemingly level after that. Um, you know, I had a conversation with an angler, you know, talking about this whole national championship and pickwick scenario. And people assumed that I was you know, anti-portaging and, you know, anti-whatever. And it's really not the case. You know, I'm I'm anti-gray area and anti-breaking rules because, you know, the way I read rules is different than how other people read read rules. But, you know, their response was, you know, why can we not portage at Pickwick if we can portage, you know, or, you know, portage at whatever Hobie tournament when we can portage at Susky? And I was like, well, A, because the rules say that and, you know, B, it's a whole different scenario where you're going. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't care a bit if people portage, but you know, there's got to be some sort of rule to kind of get people in the same area to start with. You know, you know, obviously, I don't want you know all of us launching from one one ramp like we used to do because I mean, I remember when we used to do that. Y'all probably all do too because we've all done this so long. But you know, there has to be some sort of kind of give and take with this yeah john allen hilarious comment um john hudson says portaging within a hard boundary only so that's a mixture like there's still a hard boundary and if you're within that and you have to get around a log or something like that yeah maybe that may be, i think that's the only way you could do it like the boundary right. like what steve-o just put up i think that's literally the only way you could do a hard boundary like that is where you say, okay, this much water is accessible. Whatever's in between it, you're good. Yeah. It, yeah. That, 
the only problem with that is it'll take a committed tournament director that that agrees to do it and does it you know what i mean like it'll take a commitment from someone to to do that but um, wouldn't you like if you had one person to basically do that the same way Vinny's done it you basically mm -hmm. i mean Vinny and them use you know fish those same lakes and use the same maps all you'd have to do is go through and check hey this campground's closed they decided to close and then that mm -hmm. one's off then you're basically checking on these places instead of just exhaustingly going through all of them over and over and over well, again. Well, and I don't think public launches would be a hard thing to to choose from. I think choosing enough of them, so so given enough options on a body of water and like Broken Bow, a place that doesn't have many many public launches, period. I think those are the the times where you'd be you know kind of question yourself <laughs> like damn it, like there's not even enough public launches here to to hold the tournament field which is a different discussion in its own. Yeah. Uh, Josh Count says, if you could portage, why couldn't you just launch above that obstruction? Portaging continues into the gray area. I think that's what we're talking you're right. about. If, yeah. if you're portaging within the hard boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Maybe there's not a launch above that. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know the answer there. I think, I think all of these are options. I just think whatever tournament organization steps out and makes, at least makes the field feel like they're fishing all in the same body of water. And for the same species of fish all together on the same lake is going to get going to get the anglers to commit to fishing that trail. I mean, I think these loosey goosey rules, man, people are looking for stability somewhere. And the first one to give it to them. That, that's well, and we're one. seeing it in every trail, like just because yeah. bass was the ruling that we got handed down today. The same stuff has been brought up in, in BOS on on multiple occasions. It's being brought up right now in the results of the national championship, like they have to crack down and get a lot of this gray area stuff out because there's a lot of things that, you know, are literally illegal to do launching on private property that take place. And there's no real safety net on it. Like, you you know, you can't you can't manage that because you'd be back in the woods. How do people get caught doing this stuff? And this this is a question that I'd like to hear you guys answer the way things are, are set up now. What does it take to prove? that somebody is doing something wrong. Do you have to have like a drone flying over them? Like, I mean, what's it take for an entity to actually move on something and, and feel confident in, in, in disqualifying somebody for a rule infraction? And what do you think the punishment should be per rule infraction? Do you think there should be something pre-designated? Your fish are DQ'd for this one. You're out for day one on this one. You're DQ'd from the whole thing. Lifetime ban. Who, how do you determine the punishment for these crimes? Jordan Marshall, go. Man, I mean, there has to be some sort of, you know, ruling ahead of time because right now, right now from an outsider's perspective, I mean, I was hanging out at the tackle shop and they they asked me, they said, hey, did, did, did that guy get DQ'd from that bass event? Because they don't kayak fish and they kind of see what's going on just from social media. And I was actually like, well, you know, no, according to my phone, it just said no. And they're like, man, you know, how in the world, like, what, what is somebody going to do? Stuff weights in. And I kind of told them, you know, this is, this is, this is how somebody has been cut out. You know, they, they were cutting out chunks of board, you know, and, and, you know, we're not going to get into all this stuff where people may have cheated and may not have cheated. Cause that's a whole nother conversation. I'm not trying to piss the Allen brothers off either. Um, but <laughs> they're already pissed off. The Lakers are in three. Off. They're already pissed off. They were, they were sending LeBron, me angry who? comments later earlier. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you have to have something ahead of time. You know, I, I found myself in a gray area earlier this season. And, you know, if 
if nobody had seen me, I don't know if they did see me or not, but I called and was like, Hey, I messed up. And not everybody's probably going to do that. And that's not saying, you know, Hey, this is that, whatever. But you know, even then, like, what what would have been the consequence had that ever happened before had, or had, um, you know, there, there's no set rule in place. E- even when I called, it was, okay, well, what, what are we going to do? And exactly. It, there, there's, I mean, there's, to, to me, you know, these outside people, like I mentioned at the tackle shop before I got off on a sidetrack, mm-hmm. they were like, man, what, what keeps people from cheating? Because it seems like it's all the time you're coming in and telling some story. You're having to explain something to us about something that's happened. And I was like, trust me, I, I know it's kind of wild west out here at times. And, and y'all probably agree. Yeah. And I don't want us to go. I mean, and I'm not throwing shade at Cody if he's watching. Cody Prather's my guy. Love Cody Prather. But he tried to lock down the original TOC after the one of the first cheating scandals. If y'all, when that all started happening, I don't know if you were at that one, Jay, at Lake Fork, where you had to take I pictures. Was, I was at yeah. that. Yeah. You had to take pictures of the ramp you were launching at. You had to call the TD to move ramps. All the ramps were shut down except the core ramps. That's the only ones you could launch from. It was like, yeah. I don't know, six ramps. Take I, pictures I, of I, three I, different IDs. It was crazy. We don't want yeah, to go that I far. I remember right, too. Uh, I don't think I was allowed to use an Alabama rig in practice. Right. I, I remember asking Cody. I was like, can, can I throw that in practice? And he was like, no. Right, like we don't want to go over the top police state with all these. Yeah, new, right. You know, right. You know what I mean? We want to make sure it's still, still livable yeah. conditions for the tournament, for the tournaments. But I, you know, uh, well, I, I think know. one thing that that you know, there's always that social media mob mentality when something happens, and I think something that always has to kind of be on the forefront is there's a difference between breaking a rule and cheating. You yeah. know what I mean? Just because someone broke a rule doesn't mean they were cheating. And so you talk about the penalties and, you know, things that are that need to be assigned. I agree. And I think that you have to take into account, number one, the severity of whatever happened or whatever the, the infraction was. And number two, probably the most important thing really is the intent. Was there intent? You know, can you show intent? Um, and then obviously if it's something just egregious, like, you know, some of the things we've seen in the past, tail cuttings and board cuttings and, some of the egregious stuff, it's pretty obvious what's going on, um, you know. But I, I just think these tournament directors are going to have to look at, you know, if you're going to say something is against the rules, okay, that's fine. What's the penalty for that? If you're going to have a rule on something, you got to have a penalty for it as well. That's, yeah. I know, Jay, I know you're into some medieval history and some of the ancient punishments they used to pull on people. Yeah. So maybe they could consult you with what they could do. For yeah, them. man, my favorite, dude, the brazen bull. <laughs> that's so that's so hardcore, man. That's, you know, if you guys don't know. Look it up. Bear, look it up. Google. Katie, get that's, us a link to the brazen bull. Yeah. Brazen bull is <laughs> oh, no joke. Oh, no. She's <laughs> pregnant. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, let's see what we got next on the list of, of these are kind of go together and that is off limits period and information gathering. They kind of run together. So I want you to read, read Kyle, Kyle Shrell's comment there about oh, there uh, registration. Yeah. I want to save that. Okay. We, we can, right. we can hit on this, but I want to come back to that. Yeah, I wanted to get through these, the, the main ones that I always see talked about and then try mm-hmm. to go back through all these viewer comments. I'm going to, I'm going to try to write some down. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of them. What about information like off limits period slash information gathering? Those kind of go together. I don't, you know, and I know that 
the off limits period especially ties into money i think one of you guys mentioned that earlier jay talking about the cities counting on people to come in heads and beds so you want to have it reasonable off limits periods, but it can't be i don't think continue to be weeks of pre-fishing and 20 mile floats on backwoods creeks to figure out water when other people are showing up the day before the event uh what do y'all think about all that as someone that normally shows up the day before or day of an event um obviously I, i've we we've done this long enough to know and hear all these stories of you know people skipping tournaments to go and fish for two weeks at, at other places and i mean that's to, to me I, I if you can do it cool to me it, it it's 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 crazy honestly i mean at some point we're gonna have to figure out a way you know a lot of us you know is a is a kayak angler community don't know how to pre-fish and and a lot of us will absolutely beat the crap out of fish that want to cinco for a week. And I remember somebody getting up on stage one time at Kentucky Lake and saying, "I don't know where my fish went. I only caught thirty of them yesterday." And ninety two three days in a row. Yeah, I, I had ninety inches the last three days, and and I caught thirty on Friday, and I don't know where they went. You know, we're, we're not good as a community uh, at pre-fishing and practicing. I mean, honestly, I would be totally down. You know, if nothing else, you know, regardless of what the the day before an event for, for, for an off limits period, if we're going to have like some sort of pro quad pro trail, if you take the day before, like, you know, TOC, if we're off Thursday and no one's fishing Thursday, it's going to do nothing but help the entire group to catch fish when it comes tournament time. Yeah. So what I would agree. you propose? Like, what would you propose for, for a pre-fishing solution there? I'd say pre-fish three days, off-limits the day before, and then have your turn. And no guides for a month, no no, no talking to guides, no connection with guides, no being in bass boats with guides, you know, for a month. What do you think about local info or pros, info from pros? I mean, like I'm, Conrad I'm, Benetti pros or pro pros? No, like actual professionals. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. like Professionals like no at what? No uh, well, at, pre at pretend fishing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm for a no information rule a, a month a month in advance. I think if you do everything a month, you're, I mean, that, that's the simplest way to do it. It's cutting out gray area. I hate to say yeah. this, but I agree with Jordan Marshall 100%. Yes, I do too. The only thing, the only thing <laughs> I would it. add to that or that I would say is I think it depends on what level we're talking about. Are we talking about regular Hobie and Bass uh, Open events? Or are we talking about championship events like the TOC or the uh, Bass National Champion, whatever nation championship thing? It's a classic, um, Sorry. <laughs> Presented by That's Yamaha Wrightwaters. I know. I got that part. Powered by Tourney X. Shout out to Dwayne. I think if Once we're fishing for 10, I think if we're fishing for 10 grand, it's for every yeah. tournament that's fishing for 10 grand. Like I think well, at 10, at, when you're fishing for honestly yeah. more than $5,000, shit's gotten pretty serious at this point. It's a lot of money. Let's, let's buckle up and, and you know, play by big boy I, rules. Yeah. I mean, they, that's, that's the way all the, all the big boys that we all try to emulate are, you know, we're the Hobie series, the bass series, uh, I'll even throw KBF in there. They're all trying to emulate and be this elite series, and we're we're not. And that's the part that we're confuses just, we're not. me. And there's you know, 
we compare ourselves to that and we try to pull in these sponsors that are huge in in the professional fishing world we want all that we want the exposure we want the media coverage but we don't want the rules like <laughs> it's like oh well let us just go do whatever we want to and you know i'm gonna pre-fish for probably three weeks for this one and ride around in a bass right. boat a couple days before the tournament like I mean, you have to make the rules match the the payout at some point. Well, if we're going to tighten up the boundaries, let's tighten up. Let's tighten it all up. Yeah, and, and let me tell you what's happening. And and this is just what I've what I've heard. This is just hearsay, so don't take it as gospel. But is that people what when they see one person push the gray area, it's pushing others to do the same. Sure. And they're yeah. like, well, I have to go do X, or I'm not going to be able to compete. So now they're taking it and you know cutting their way into some backwoods pond or creek. Uh, and it gets to the point where people are going to convince themselves, and this is hypothetical, convince themselves that they have to cheat because everybody else is cheating. And if I don't cheat, I'm, I'm going to lose I, too. I have an and amazing I, example of this. So um, I watch occasionally the Dale Earnhardt. He's got a podcast, Dale Earnhardt Jr., um, his Dirty Mo podcast. Uh, maybe a month or two ago, he had Daryl Waltrip on his podcast. And they were talking about all the shit they used to pull back in the day. Daryl was telling stories. Well, they used to load their um, frames of their race cars up with lead shot. And because what they were doing is their cars were really, really light. They were too light. They were against the, the weight limits. You know, they were so light. So they would load their cars up with lead shot, weigh in, and they had trap doors where they would pull during the race and let all that lead shot out. And then all of a sudden they're so many pounds lighter and against rules. Well, he viewed that as not cheating. He said that was, it's, I don't know. It, it was crazy how he justified it, but it's almost the same thing. It's like they viewed it as a gray area. If you didn't get caught, it was gravy, you know, no big deal. If you weren't cheating, you weren't trying hard enough. You know, that's that that was the whole thing. That's Kentucky. That's what a lot of people that's what a lot of people's thoughts are right now. Yeah. They feel like you have to cheat and fish in this gray area stuff to be competitive. I mean, that's what we brought this to. Come on, man. No. Come on, man. Come on, on, man. Yeah, that that's not cool. We know Brady Line. How is Brady Line? I saw that on the comments. <laughs> that's one of them Alabama boys, dude. They're they out here knitting and yeah, stuff. No live scope, no motors, no braided line. No braided line. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Luke Thomason Thomas. said, How do you enforce something like that? I think we have to bring in bring in polygraphs, at least at least say that you're gonna have polygraphs. But I would yeah. love to see the winner of every event polygraphed and then another random person from the money. And I understand, I completely understand polygraphs aren't admissible in court. Literally when you sign up, when you sign on the dotted line, if you fail your poly, you don't get your money. That's That's what I would do. You're not taking them to court. You're not defaming them in any way. If you can't pass a polygraph test, you don't get your money. You sign the waiver up front. period. If polys cost money, I know that, but that's, we're throwing a lot of money at these things. It's worth it. Um, Yeah. There was a great comment. Where did that thing go? John Allen, you can't finish high enough in a tournament to have to take a polygraph. Don't worry about that. I'm saying he he don't even fish. He don't even fish. We know. So this is from Kyle Long. He said, we just saw three of the biggest names operate all up in the gray. What do you expect the weekend warriors to do? And that's exactly what we're talking about. If you see the folks that are cashing checks on the biggest stages doing it, then they're going to, everybody coming up, 
or even back at their local trails feels like they have to do it or they're going to do it. And I don't think that's leading us down the right road. I think part of the two weeks of pre-fishing issue is that guys pre-fish all the area that everybody would agree is fine for a week. And then they basically spend a week going places that no one else is going to go to because they're gray. I think one problem leads to another and two weeks of pre-fishing breeds those problems. Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. For sure. And, and, you know, on top of that, we're not going to talk about this tonight because I don't think you can really enforce it. This is sort of an information gathering thing. Also, when you have a team of people pre-fishing for a long period of time and breaking down water and sharing that information. Now that happens on all levels. I know that there's on the elite series, there's guys that stay in the same house at every tournament. They bounce notes off each other. That's not an uncommon thing. So I'm not saying that should be outlawed, but when you're allowed to pre-fish, you know, imagine if the elite series guys got to show up for a lake to a lake two or three weeks ahead of time and pre pre fish the whole time and share notes. I mean, they they don't do that. Imagine, imagine on the elite series, if it was wide open, you have some of these guys that could afford to go there and post up indefinitely. Yeah. And then some of these elite guys, like I'll take Cole Sands, for example, he just qualified great kid. I don't know Cole personally. I'm sure, you know, the guy does well with his guy business, but he doesn't have pockets like KVD or, you know, Gerald Swindle, some of these other guys. Uh, you know, he's a good old boy that, you know, probably, I'm just speculating, doesn't have pockets like that to go do that. So he's put at a huge disadvantage. And then at that point, it's not it's not necessarily about who's the better angler. It's, you know, you give any of those guys extra time, they're going to have a leg up. And that's the same thing in our in our business. I mean, right. these guys are good. And you give them extra time, it's going to show. Yeah, at the beginning of this, I said something about we're not necessarily calling out these individual anglers no, because I think the same not. anglers would still be at the top of the leaderboard. I agree. I agree. I, I don't think that's yeah. going to change. These guys are and girls are all elite, talented anglers. But yeah. that it doesn't help. It almost makes it worse that we're seeing them operate in that gray sometimes yeah. because they're allowed to right now. They're allowed to. Um, so seeing that happen, we you know we need to bring it back in somehow, and that's what we're doing here tonight is trying to to get the the nation's opinion on how to rein this thing in. I think we've had some. Well, great- I, I think it's going to happen. It's it's going to happen. So all these people in the comments, I see you guys, um, you know, prepare yourself for changes because there's going to be changes probably in all three of the, the big three series. I mean, I think I, we've seen so much this season that there has to be, honestly. Yeah, there will be. There will be changes. So everybody just better buckle up. And you know what? It's probably not going to make us all happy. I'm going to have issues with it. Marshall's going to have issues with it. Lambert's going to, like, we're all going to probably, there's going to be something we don't like about it. And we're just going to have to either get over it and put our money down or, you know, go take up Frisbee golf or something. Chuck, they do, they do check licenses at the board check uh, at the BASS events, by the way. I saw your comment there. Yes, and are people casting four lines in? I suppose they could be, uh, but that's that uh, angler responsibility that Jordan was talking about. And you can't, I mean, the pictures are timestamped. That is at least one thing we have is they are timestamped, so uh, they're not going to be able to catch. I guess they could catch them and hold them for 30 minutes, which would be shady, but there goes. That's the polygraph. That's what we need to throw that into the mix for. Um, one more thing I had on the main uh, topics, which is picture standards. That's all over the place with the different trails from local to national. And really tonight we're just talking about national trails. 
there's different picture standards. Do you guys think that should be um, looked at to try to have a standard throughout all these trails or just should let be them uniform period? Yeah. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. We haven't got something where it's, it's the same all around at this point. I mean, honestly, I mean, pictures are the basis of what we do and we can't seem to agree on that. I mean, is, is Bass and Hobie, I, you know, somebody have to correct me. Are they use, using the same picture? Not right They're now. different, right? Okay. No. All right. I think in 23, they're going to be the same. Okay. If I understand that. I right. hope that they, at least at minimum, those two get together and, and iron out as much as possible. I know they're not going to agree on everything, whether it be launches or motors or whatever, sure. but at least get the basics together. Like this is, right. this is crazy. Well, and I think, you know, it's no secret, you know, obviously we got Steve O and AJ two two of the best. And you know, I know they talk, um, and hopefully they can iron out what they can. I mean, we all know there's gonna be some differences, but let's get the simple stuff. That way it's you know, it's tough for me, um, and any of these anglers who fish a broad variety of, of series, it's like, okay, now now can I hold the fish in this? Am I good to do this today? And then next weekend I'm fishing something different. And you got to remember, I mean, it's angler responsibility, obviously, but you it's know, always, let's uh, let's lighten the load up a little bit. It's get, always about that anus obstruction, Jay. You got to keep that anus. So stupid, God! It's so keep stupid. that pinky away from the anal. <laughs> the dumbest, <sighs> the dumbest rule that I've ever seen. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sisto had a great. Con- I've always stood by what he just said here. If it, like, if I had, let's say, I was fishing for food and I had a fish on a stringer and Game and Fish stopped me, and they yep. dropped that thing on a board to see if it's legal. They're going to slap it on the board and get as much as they can out of it, pinch that tail, whatever, and that's how they measure the fish. So that's how we ought to do it, too. Well, I can, I can speak to back in the day when I fished Bass Nation, like, boat tournaments. Uh, you take your fish up to the to the bump table, to the board, and the guy there who's checking your fish, he's going to put it on that board, and he's going to pinch that tail and swipe it to see if it touches the line it needs to touch. You know, they, that's how they score officially in bass bass boat tournaments they pinch that tail and swipe it amen steve-o had a a good point we need to delete any members that don't fish at least three tournaments a year they need to delete themselves (laughs) we're back to angler responsibility delete yourself (laughs) we like all, all kinds on the page um ryan we're at a new record we've got 225 live viewers between youtube and facebook so thank you all for getting in here and mixing it up tonight um, thank you for all the people that bullshitted around these rules all year and made this show happen. You're the real right. heroes here. Thank You're you. Really heroes. Um, let's get back. You got any notes there, Ryan, from any of the comments that we missed? Cause there's been tons just fly by that. I, 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 the registration one was a good one, uh, on the, the tournament series that allow motors. I think we probably need to talk about that. Okay. What were they asking? Are they checking that? Is that what they were asking? Yeah. Like, what do you do about checking registration or whatever? And I know like, some people, we got some some reporters out there, obviously, that will report things. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. Like, I think I think us policing each other on the water is one of the ways that we kind of, you know, ensure there's there's a little bit of responsibility in this sport. Uh, that being said, and I, I, I mean, where where's the limit? What all does a tournament need to check for? Do you need to bring in your license and your your boat registration if you're running a motor are you dq'd if you're caught without your number like you know how does that work where where do we go on the registration point i know we saw trey swindle 
get DQ'd for not having enough insurance in, in the Bassmaster Open, which was huge. But how much do you put on a tournament director to check? Do you go out and check people's lighting? Like what, I mean, what is, what is enough and what is too much, I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Looks like, looks like in the comments, most people are saying that's on them. Let's not put that on. That's how, I mean, that's how I feel. I feel like you're obviously you have to have a fishing license to fish. I think that is a must for the tournament. I don't know that a tournament director knows who has a motor and who doesn't. And let's say you're in a 125, 150, 200 angler field. How's that? I mean, that TD's not going to remember like, Hey bud, you're, you're the one running a motor. Let's see that. Let's see that registration. Like what, do, what do you do in that, that aspect of it? Well, and, and Tim Percy commented, I didn't even think about it. They don't have to register. Wait a minute. How does Canada not have to register boats, but you got to register <laughs> right? like everything else in your life. That's what he said. Pretty uh, soon they won't be allowed to have boats in Canada. Okay. You can just look at your boat. You can't actually be in it, but it can be on the water by itself. Uh, um, no ba- no bait know, casters in Canada, spinning reels only. The, the only the only way you could do, do that, and I don't know that it's necessary, is, you know, at these registrations, you uh, bring proof of registration. You know, I know in some of the bass boat tournaments I fished back in the day, you had to show the tournament director proof of uh, insurance. That, that yeah. was the thing that we had to provide. Uh, they do live well checks, you know, so oh, yeah. there is a precedent for doing some checks. So, um, maybe a check-in. If you have a motor, you got to show your registration. There you go. Um, Mondo, Mondo from Bass Kayak and Beer says, just have them provide all that if they're in the money. Like, show that. up at the red. Well, that's shitty, Armando, because I can't run and register my kayak if I'm in the top <laughs> 10, but I can buy a fishing license. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody check me. <laughs> Greg or, uh, Moulton. Or you said, could just, you know, I don't know. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, Muldrew said on Chaos, you can register your fishing license. Like, upload. Then you have to the... use Chaos, and then you have 700 right. tickets for one event. So yeah, we're we not going do that. down that road. We're not going down. I still don't understand the tickets. We're not going down that road. Forget that. Uh, Matt Zapala asked, what about running your graphs before lines in? I think that's fine. I think it's fine. I, I don't. Running, oh, what a, was that? Yeah. Running your graph, like if, it, like if you're running for an hour, can, can you run around with your graph on and be checking? Well, sure, yeah. Well, a lot of well, times, sure, if pal. well, if you're <laughs> navigating a, a waterway in the dark at some yeah. of these events, because sometimes tournament directors don't always set the times to where you can see if you're fishing like, on a lake, too. Steve Owens <clears throat> at uh Chickamauga, <laughs> we're out there bar- dodging barges with night lights and stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, you should def- – yeah, that's safety. That's – you should absolutely be able to navigate with your graph. Question, what's a debt finder? <laughs> oh, shit. Flash yeah. it. You flasher. learned how to use one, Marshall. You were out there in Sweden smashing perch. Right. Don't lie to me. Christine taught your boy how to how to use New a level. Finder. New level unlocked. I was tightlining in Sweden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you were tightlining all right. <laughs> we, we. This <laughs> <laughs> line was real tight. Easy now, boys. We're talking about rules, <laughs> <laughs> not international law. <laughs> oh uh, boy! A lot of people are saying, like, when you register for attorney, the box says motor or no motor. Put that on attorney X. Uh, bass boats are checking for insurance. Zero reason ours shouldn't be checking for that stuff. Uh, well, register. I will say with Hobie, of course, they don't allow motors in the event. So with practice, you know, who cares? Get out there and it, live it, your best life. Well, what it boils down to is if. You know, 
there's no reason for AJ to go check in registrations for motors that aren't allowed in his tournaments. Right. Um, but if someone sees someone on the lake practicing and they want to make a, a dispute, that that's fair game. And if someone disputes and says, hey, I saw Jordan out there in his motor and he's not registered and somebody really wants to make that an issue, at that point, then the tournament director goes and says, "Hey, Jordan, let's see your registration." And is there verbiage? Is there is there verbiage around that in the in the Hobie? Deal? I think in the Hobie it says it must be registered, legally registered, or something right. like that. There yeah. was an interesting thing that happened last week on uh, on Kentucky Lake. An angler was DQ'd for not having a red and green nav light on the front of his kayak. He was reported, and according to folklore. The person that reported him was also DQ'd for reporting him. <laughs> so interesting. Put that, put that I, in your pipe and smoke it. I will so say state law or is that tournament law? I, I think this is all thing. alleged. This is all alleged. I'm not going on yeah, record right. here signing my name to this that I heard it firsthand. Well, An I, angler was I, DQ'd I, for no red and green light, but there was a speech at the at the meeting that and it re- referenced like PFDs and stuff. If you take a picture of someone to report them for not having a PFD on, you're DQ'd too for not just telling them to put their PFD on. Oh. So there's a new new viewpoint on it. Hmm. Are you tagging on to that, Jay? DQ'd for trying to enforce the rules, but not DQ'd for private launches. Is that correct? Yes. Got you. <laughs> so. Got you. Yeah. Hmm. Let me ask this in the comments. If For everybody that's watching, because we got a bunch of people watching this. <laughs> If an organization, <laughs> I just had an angler DM me and say, "Yes, that is true." <laughs> oh, God. So, if an organization tightens up boundaries and information, and lock, would, is that going to guide you towards fishing, throwing your money and your dollars at that organization? Does that matter? How much does that matter to you? I'd like to see that in the comments. I mean, it matters a lot to me. It matters a lot to me. I want you to care about my investment. Like, if you're letting people cheat and bullshit around, I don't want to spend my money with you. Period. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, I'm in my twilight of my fishing days anyway, but, but, but I'd at least want to know I got a fighting chance and I'm on the same water and fishing for the same fish as everybody else. You know, that, that, that's where I hope we can get with this. The, the less headache and stuff that drives me nuts with an organization, the more I'll fish it. I mean, <laughs> I, I haven't fished one particular organization in three years because I just, I don't, I just can't agree with hardly anything they do at this point. And then, you know, I'm, I think Hobie's the best option out there. So I basically fished all of them except New Hampshire this year. And I fished a couple of bass. And, you know, part of that reason being I just didn't like going through the sign-up process and all the just crazy stuff that goes with trying to just deal with it. I mean, if it came down to traveling and fishing a tournament with Vinny where I can sign up and look and everything's very black and white versus, you know, taking me a week to sign up and I have to sign up a month ahead of time. I just was like, I, I don't know where I'm going to be in a month, you know, right. let alone, you know, where I'm going to be. That, that, that part drove me insane. Yep. That is, I'm, I'm reading this comment from Jesse. She said, it's true. If you, if you don't tell angler and you just snitch, you are DQ'd. That's like some federal government stuff. Like you have an obligation to turn in people that are breaking the law or you are you yourself are breaking the law. That's federal government rule. I just want things to get better instead of worse. I don't know how you continue to get more ridiculous. Like that's my, that's my, my biggest question mark is at what point are you going to turn a corner and like, Hey, look at all these other people doing this shit, right? 
I'm going to do it right too. They're going to start having a social credit score next or something? Like, yes. I mean, to, to me, yeah. that comment and that rule, I mean, that that's for a director that's basically just being lazy, in my opinion. I mean, don't 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 hit me up with somebody that's breaking the law if you don't tell them. That's kind of like, you know, who, who should say you didn't get a picture of them and couldn't run them down at that? It's like, that blows my mind. That's one of those things that's like, well, leave me alone. I just want to make my money and go home. Yeah. Yeah, I'll turn I'll turn myself and just not fish that leagues with those kind of weird rules myself. That's what I choose not to do. Um, Steve says we are working on. I lost his comment. Where do you go? There it is. We are working on the leagues. What do we do to get anglers to read the rules or watch a captain's meeting? There's a good point because we got dumbasses over That's there solid. playing cornhole in the background at BLS meetings. Not even I, that's so that's something I would love to talk about. And and I think captain's meetings are great. I think it's good to get everybody, especially their boards checked, their identifiers hand, handed out, get people around each other and, and socializing. I don't think as TDs you have to read all the rules to everybody. <laughs> like, like I think, you know, we talked about the angler responsibility part. Like it's up to the anglers to know if you don't know the rules, it's your fault. If you get DQ'd over something stupid, you definitely should have read the rules for the tournament that you're fishing. I've done it. I went down and fished the OC with Dylan. I didn't read their anal fin rules. So I had three or four fish DQ'd. It's my fault. I didn't read their rules, you know, whatever. But I, I just, I don't think as tournament directors, they have to be parents to us. They don't have to spoon feed us every little rule on, on the lake, you know, first cast, last cast. If there's any specific boundaries or portaging, you know, anything like that, hit the high notes and, and send them out the door. Yeah. I mean, frankly, in this day and time, nobody, and I mean, nobody is locked in paying attention for 30 or 40 minutes anyway, or even 15 or 20 minutes. They're not listening to all that. So it is angler responsibility. Half of them leave now. Anyway, they don't even stay at the captain's meeting. They just leave. Yeah. Do a YouTube video, send the link with all the registrations. They can watch that if they want to read. Of course they can read the PDF and, yep. and there's a million different ways to do it. Uh, all these dudes from Texas are talking about all these different KBN meetups at different places. Ryan, I don't know what what they're getting uh, into. I'm down. Yeah, we're trying to fly into Texas. I've seen I, I've seen a couple spots out there. It's Dan and John are usually and and Scotch and Duke Tran are usually my hosts when I go to meet up at at shady establishments in the great state of Texas. I'd be happy to come back for another one. Yeah, I saw that uh, our boy from out west, Garrett Clark's moving to Texas. So they're getting another import from Cali. Scotch did Scotch mentioned a couple things and I, I think they were off limits periods and then communicating during the tournaments and uh, you know Steve Fields in the comments obviously but they you know Jay and Jordan and I all fish worlds together you could not talk to each other on the phone on the water at all if you were in passing or whatever yeah, even on the same team so if you were passing each other on the water, you could you could speak, but there was no other communication on the water. And I think yeah. while I love bullshitting on the phone, you know, talking to whoever on speakerphone, blah, 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 throughout the day, I, I do like that. You can only use the phone for emergency. So, you yeah. know, if it was pertaining to, to some sort of emergent event, I, I think that would be something good if we are going to continue to elevate this deal. I think that's definitely something worth looking at. Yeah, for sure. And like Jordan said a little bit ago, we don't want to make it too overly complicated, but we definitely need to, to tighten it up. And there's yeah, ways I to mean, do I that. mean, I think there's some glaringly obvious areas that need to be touched on. 
I don't think anybody can argue with that too much. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, I mean, there's a fine line between, you know, trying to take it to the level that everyone wants it to be at versus still leaving it available and accessible by the everyday guy. There's got to be, you know, there, there's got to be some tightening up to get it where we all feel like it should be. Scott, she said, calling your friends because you're not on them is weak. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm trying to find some more comments I want to throw Joshua up Joshua Williams, I've had two two cups of this. I said I'm, I'm cutting back, man. I'm trying to turn my life around here. I'm changing my own rules just like we're changing the rules in these tournament series. Yeah. I'm trying to go back and see if we missed any of the good comments. There were so many good comments tonight. I'm going to have to go back and find them and reply to them later. A lot of good side discussions going on just in the in the comments themselves. Um, yeah, good stuff. I don't know. Anything else you want to touch on tonight before we wrap this up? All I can say is anyone that is watching this later or, or listening to this on the audio podcast, share this around because I think we covered a lot of good stuff tonight, and I'll be anxious to see what works. Pull the trigger and make changes. I can say out of all the DMs that I got between like Friday and Sunday, people complaining and whatnot, if you continue to – put your money and time into something and and all you're doing is complaining about it you're part of the problem quit doing it that's how you fix it mm-hmm. easy agreed any closing thoughts jay well you know we've got a good thing going uh kayak fishing is in a good place overall you know what i mean like we've got some awesome events going on across different uh you know different organizations uh, it's, it's bigger than it was five years ago by a lot. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, we're nitpicking here on, on some things, this and that, but overall, man, our, our little sport is, is growing, has grown. And, you know, I think, I think we've got a pretty, pretty awesome opportunity to, to just grow it from here and, and make something truly special out of it. Um, and it takes, tweaks you know what i mean it takes little things here and there to to get it there and uh i'm just you know i'm just really pleased with where the whole community and sport is right now you know i think we all want more but to be where we're at it's pretty cool good stuff we're we're in a good spot what do you got marshall i mean i think we've kind of laid out a pretty good you know foundation of what you know anglers are having issues with um based on conversations that you know we've had you know with different groups i think that there's plans in place to kind of um combat that and you know try to get a better situation going ahead i mean i'm not saying we scrap the whole thing and go on when we've 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 grown a lot in the last few years to to do uh, a lot better as, as a group so I think we just got to keep building on that. If we can just get people to, to listen to us and kind of uh, hear us out, um, that's that's the biggest thing. And uh, that's pretty much it. Hey, this 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 podcast is Leslie approved. I just saw it in the comments, right? Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, uh, Mark Cawthorn says we need a summary of these comments. Luke Arian asked if we can put together a fantasy team for the TOC and win or get some revos. I don't know how we can pull it off, but we can look at it. You know, I've always wanted to do a Calcutta, and the TOC with a 50-angler field would be an awesome opportunity to do that. Yes. I don't know how to go about it, but 
it'd be really cool. I need two more people to drop out of the TOC. So if, yeah. if, if y'all know anybody, try to get them real sick. <laughs> and hurry, please. Yeah. All right, y'all. I'll say we wrap this thing up. That was an unbelievable show. We appreciate, uh, Jay, you and Jordan both taking the time to, to go over the stuff. I know it's not easy to talk about, but it needed to be talked about. Hey, good luck to the when, – when, when are the Pelicans fishing for the championship, Marshall? The the King the Kingfisher Pelicans are fishing Saturday at Chickamauga. Um, we're we're still waiting to figure out who's who's our starting four. So uh, some of four of the Jordan Cusa, Marshall and three others. I'll tell you that. Yeah, so, some some four man combination of the Coosa King Pelicans is going to be on the on the Chickamauga facing I don't know a bunch of people that fish KBF from Massachusetts. So we'll see. <laughs> Good luck to the Pelicans, the official KFL team of KBN. That's right. Mm. Go Pels. Wow. Go Pels. See you. <laughs>